This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul on a Friday afternoon here in a rather warm Johannesburg. But still, it's an Arab Shabbos, so we're all excited. We're all running around, even though it's a little bit <clears throat> more difficult when it's warm. But welcome to each and every one of you. Thank you for joining our show this this week. As we get ready for Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Vayetzeh, already the seventh Parsha of of the Torah. It's quite amazing how fast it uh, it uh, it goes and how we're moving our way through Chodesh Kislev. Only about uh, two weeks, three weeks, no, two weeks, two weeks, uh, and a little bit till till Hanukkah. So that's always something to to uh, look forward look forward to. In the meantime, we have this week's Pasha, Pasha Vayetze, which is an amazing, amazing Pasha, the Pasha really that deals with the beginning of the Jewish nation, the actual birth of 11 of the 12 tribes of, of, uh, of Kaiso, which is, of course, where we come from and all the roots, all the, all the midot, all the attributes of what a yid is supposed to be and not supposed to be are all rooted in this in this parsha, and let's perhaps talk about maybe what a yid is not supposed to be a little bit. You know, when when uh, Yaakov arrives at uh, at Haran in order to look for a wife for for himself, so he meets Rachel, and Rachel goes running off to her father's house and and tells him about uh, this guy is here, this Yaakov is here, is looking for for uh, for a wife, and Lavan goes running out. To to be as it says by Yoritz the cross of a chabikloi by by Yenashikloi. Now it's interesting. Uh, uh, the last time someone came to visit, and that was uh, Eliezer, uh, a uh, also went out to to run to meet him. But uh, perhaps then it was a different reason because I mean we're told now that uh, Lavan went out to meet Yaakov because. Uh, he had the experience before when Eliezer came that uh, that Eliezer came very very well Hashem very well laden with uh, all sorts for ten donkeys full of gold and silver and uh, Lavan who had a little bit of a penchant for for money uh, 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 hoped to get his uh, you know sort of uh, get his teeth into into it doesn't really explain why he ran out to meet Eliezer because of course then he didn't know that he was going to come with such with such money so just as a aside they say that uh, uh Lavan ran out the first time because he had heard news that uh Avram Avinu had had a daughter in fact the Torah says Vashem says there Vashem berachet Avram ba'koyel Hashem blessed Avram with everything and and uh, Rashi brings Chazal that Bas uh, Hayaloi that Avram Vino gave birth to a daughter Ubakoil Shema and her name was was Bakoil. So as soon as Lovan hears that Eliezer is has come looking for a shidduch, so Lovan's first reaction was Ah, he's come to look for a shidduch for his daughter. Uh, uh, you know, Bas Bakoil, and of course. Who in my entire household is the only male around that's of good shidduch, uh, you know, vintage? That's me. So he thought that uh, uh, Eliezer was coming to to read uh, the for for him. So he goes running out. But then Vayichiros says, when he sees the 
the uh, nose ring and all the jewelry on the hand of his sister, he got this message, oh, no, this is not for me, this is actually for, for Rivka. And he was, of course, mildly disappointed. But here he knew that he knew the tradition of, of coming with lots and lots of presents. So he runs out and to his great disappointment that uh, he sees that Yaakov has, has nothing. And he's come empty-handed. And he couldn't, he couldn't believe it. Rashi's, uh, uh, Hazal say. So he runs, she runs to, to, to meet him, and he sees he has nothing, so it says, uh, He goes and hugs him. You know, maybe he had, uh, you know, uh, one of these little purses that he kept somewhere on his body, and that's where all the, all the cash was, so he felt them all over, gave him a big, uh, sort of bear hug, and couldn't find anything. And then in desperation he said, well, maybe, you know, he's, put it all in order to sort of not have to pay overweight on, on the airlines. He's kind of put it all into one really, really expensive diamond, which he's brought in, and he has it hidden in his in his mouth. So by Anashkeyu, he kissed him in order to try to find, and again, he was completely, completely disappointed that nothing was uh, was uh, was going on. So the, uh, and it says there that uh, at that time, Lovan was over a hundred years old, and yet he ran like a little boy when he was so excited about the possibility of of getting some uh, getting some money. And now he was completely, completely uh, uh, disappointed. And the Arachaim Hakadosh says it says there by Lovan. Lovan says to him, uh, he says to him, Hachi Hachi Atzmiu v'Sariot. You're my relative. You're a friend of mine. By Yeshev Yomai Chodesh Yomim. So he stayed with him for a month. Asked Arachaim Hakadosh, what happened during that month? Right? What did What did Yaakov do there? Was did he go touring? Did he go? You know, how, how did he spend this time? Says the Arachaim Hakadosh that during that month's time. Yaakov underwent the most intensive interrogation you could ever imagine. I mean, the FBR, the KGB, any other initials you want to think of, could you know, could have nothing. They they could learn from from the 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 interrogation that Lavan put put poor Yaakov through. Where's the money? And Yaakov says, I don't have any money. He says, No, it can't be. He says, Where's the money? So he told him again. He told him, No. I had money, I left home with money, but uh, Eliphaz, the son of Esav, came at the behest of his of his father, and he wanted to kill me, and he was in a quandary, didn't know what to do, because so on the one hand, you know, he had to, uh, in, in, in Esav's house, uh, honoring your, your father was a very, very big and important thing, yet uh, Eliphaz had had a relationship with, with Yaakov, and he didn't want to hurt him, so he didn't know what to do, he was stuck between a, a rock and a very hard place. So Yaakov gave him the advice, don't worry, here, just take everything I have, and according to some of the Madrashim, he literally took everything uh, uh, he had, and uh, and because Ani uh, of Kames, a poor person is considered like someone who's completely not alive, he has no means, no, no ability to give anyone to anything, when you can't give, then you're not really a, a personage in, in this in this world. And, and he explained to him, and, and the next day he went through again, and finally, it took a whole month for Lovan to actually be convinced that he wasn't going to get anything out of out of Yaakov himself. So he said, fine, 
If I can't get anything out of you, I'll get something out of your labor. And then he says, come, come work for me for, for, for seven, for seven, uh, for seven years. So, so, so we see, we see from here that, uh, that, uh, yeah, this is this this is loving. This is loving harami, loving the 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 tricks, the loving who has a pension and desire, and and all he wants is is uh, is money, and that's all he saw in in the visit of of Yaakov was an opportunity to 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 get to get money. But the the uh, the uh, Bali Musa talk about the fact that you know all of us have in us a little bit of. Uh, of, uh, of, of love on, you know, we also, uh, money is one of the things that drives a lot of human beings. And if we don't put a lot of effort into, into self-control, so then, uh, we can also end up, yeah, like love on kissing people just because it has some kind of financial implication for, for us. I, I read a small, uh, uh, a uh, story this week about someone who, uh, at one point had the, uh, the uh, privilege maybe of being the head of a of a town council or something it was it was a from was a from man and uh had a position of authority and he had a schedule every morning he would go to davin chakras at a particular time in a particular minion and every day as he was walking to chakras so yeah like clockwork he met another man coming the opposite direction and this other man, when he saw the whatever it was the mayor, the head of the council, he would stop and he would bow down to him, almost like you know, like he was saying, like he was saying, "Moedim" uh, to to him, and and it bothered this uh, this head of the council because and, and one day actually said to him, said to him, you know, uh, uh, what you're doing is actually wrong because Halacha says that the very first bowings that a person must do in the morning is 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 bowing and then you're sort of uh, negating yourself before Hakadosh Baruch Hu and the, the bowings of the Shmon Esri must be the first. You mustn't bow bow to me, but it uh, it fell on deaf ears and the man continued to fawn and and bow to him. On, until the day where the sort of the reports came out that uh, he wasn't going to run or whatever, be appointed for for re-election, I was going to leave that that position. And the next morning, when he went to to show, that person walked by him, and it was as if he was glass. He didn't even notice him. Didn't take any 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 uh, uh, appreciation of of the fact that he was even. In, in the street, and and he said, yeah, he learned from this a big, a big Musa. Sometimes we uh, we have friends, we have people that recognize us, the people that uh, that uh, are friendly to us, people that uh, you know <clears throat> make themselves uh, ingratiate ourselves to us. But it's only because they want something, or because they might think that someday they might need something, and it's worthwhile to cultivate a relationship with us uh, uh, because uh, you know of the of the uh, of the eventuality. But 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 the the negativity of it, and and the contrast between a a lovan and and uh, and and the Yaakov is is uh, is very very stark. There's a a, a medrash that uh, about Shlomo Melech that uh, it brings a story of of three men who come to Shlomo Melech for for a din Torah, and their story was that they were all business partners. They were partners in some venture, and they were traveling together in order to bring this venture to fruition. And they had with them a very, very large, 
amount of money with which to buy or do, do, whatever, do the business that they wanted to, to do. And it was a long journey, and they arrived uh, at some town on, uh, on Erev Shabbat, and, and uh, we're going to stay for Shabbos in that, uh, in that town. The question is what to do with the money. You don't want to leave it around. You know, you can't trust uh, you know, the cleaning staff in hotels, whatever it is. So they decided to go to the backyard, some unobtrusive place, and dig a nice hole and uh, and put the money put the money in. And so they did. Uh, in the presence of all of them, they did they they did that, and they spent a very nice Shabbos. And when they came to leave a month's Shabbos, and they went to the to the hiding place. The the money the money was gone, so they went to uh, to Shlomimelech and said, "Look, no one else knew where that spot was. There were no hidden cameras. No one else could have spied on us. It, it definitely was one one of us. But you know, obviously, everyone is 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 denying it. Maybe the king in his great uh, in his great uh, chachma can uh, can can find a way of of uh, you know." Forcing the secret out of out of somebody. So Shlomo said, "It's a very, very complicated, uh, very, very complicated thing. I'm, I'm not going to cut any of you in half you know, like the other story. Let me think about it for for a day, and and come back tomorrow." So they come back tomorrow, and Shlomo says, "Look, I've been thinking about it a lot, but before before I give you a psak, I want your opinion. I have this very, very troublesome case." that come before me, a big question, and I need your opinion. Which, of course, made them all flattered out of their mind. I mean, why would Shlomo Melech, the Chochmi Kol Odom, need their, need their opinion? So he tells them a story, as I says there was a young boy and a young girl who, you know, as kids, do what kids do, the silly things that kids do, and they actually mend, uh, ended up making a, a shvu, an oath to each other, that they would that they would marry that they would marry each other. Fine, made an oath, they solemnized it the way children would solemnize an oath, and they went on their on their way. Boy grows up, obviously completely uh, 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 aware, unaware. The girl grows up and she com- also totally forgets about the the uh, the oath and goes and finds herself a, a nice and nice shidduch and Baruch Shem, they they celebrate the the chasna, and uh, on the first uh, on the first night, so she says to him, you know, yeah, it's great you married you, and I, and, you know, it's going to be wonderful, but you know, there was this situation where I made this oath to this boy that I was going to uh, I was going to marry him, and you know, but I'm married now, so I'm sure it's I'm sure it's going to be. It's going to be all right, but you know, I thought I had to mention it. So the man says, look, thank you for mentioning it, but uh, you know, an oath is an oath, and uh, you know, we cannot live together like husband and wife until we see this young man, and uh, who wasn't such a young man anymore, but, uh, <clears throat> and, and, uh, and get him to, to at least uh, uh, free you from, from, from the oath. So that's what they did. They took a... A large amount of money, you know, to be able to give him as a uh, as a persuasive uh, sort of indication of what they wanted, and they travel to where this to this uh, young man was, and they go in, and she says to him, "You probably remember me. I'm the guy you were supposed to marry. Look, 
I, I kind of forgot and uh, and I I married somebody else. So so uh I need you you know I I understand if you if you if you're very very uh, critical about it then uh, we'll have to get divorced but uh he, you know we brought some money in to to help you make a decision maybe you're prepared to free me from the oath and at this very suspenseful point in the story we'll stop for a moment we have a, a ad to to take and we'll be back and finish the story and then carry on with some Hilchas Shabbos. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 High FM, the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 High FM, we are back on your radio here on Friday afternoon in, in Johannesburg. As we do at this point, the important details for this coming Shabbos, Pashas Kaddish Vayetz, Pashas Vayetze, candle lighting time. We have reached our summer sort of a, a, a set time where candle lighting uh, the set, Johannesburg, uh, summertime is 6.15, quarter past six. The actual latest time for lighting candles is 17 minutes past six. Uh, sunset is at 25 to seven and Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 7.09, nine minutes past uh, past uh, seven. Uh, otherwise, it's uh, you know, a be- usual beautiful uh, Shabbos or the normal Haftarah for that, for the, for, for this, uh, this, uh, this Pasha. So, uh, they went to this young man and said, here, we brought some money to help you make your decision easier. I said to him, look, I, I, I'm certainly not going to take any any money from you. Um, yeah, Mazel Tov, have a wonderful life. And yeah, obviously, uh, although we made this for, it wasn't, you know, the Baskoil, that 40 days before we were born was not for us. It's fine. Jaegers and date. So, and, and they left. Ashlama turns around and says to all three of them, I want you to tell me, which of these of the people involved in this whole scene, which one would you say is the one most worthy of accolades of praise for the way for the way they they acted, who really stood out as as a sterling as a sterling uh, character? So the first one said, "Look, I think it was the wife, because you know she could just very well have, uh, you know." Uh, Continue to forget or pretend to forget about the old oath and and, uh, and her her tenacity in, in in you know she made an oath she was going to see it through and and that's and raising it to to the husband I'm very very impressed with her with her honesty and and her tenacity for the truth uh, and the second one said no I think I think it's actually the husband who was so worthy, who, who took what she said so seriously, and and although obviously he was courting her, and there must have been a romance, and there must have been an amazing excitement at that time, he said, no, he held off, and, and, and wouldn't do anything until until they had squared this with this person, whom she had a, uh, she whom she had the, the oath from before. And the third guy says, no, I agree with you, actually, but uh, I, you know, both the husband and wife are are worthy of of praise, but that that young man, that Bacher, boy, was he stupid. They offered him money, and he wouldn't he wouldn't take it. Nah, he's he's a real fool. Says Shlomo you must be the thief, because if all you can think about is taking money, then 
obviously you must have that must be the uh, the uppermost issue in your in your mind and uh, he he admitted he admitted to, to, to it so so yeah uh Yaakov Avinu, of course, who is the complete and total opposite of of Lavan or Amai, who's MS, MS the Yaakov, who, who, you know, even in last week's Pasha was so upset and so anxious about pulling off this, this, uh, ruse with his father. And MS was, was everything. And, and of course, you know, the, the, I'll say that the third Gula, you know, the, uh, the redemption. The redemption from Egypt, which led to the first base of Mikdash, is, is corresponds to Avram and uh, the redemption from the second exile and and uh, from the first from the uh, Babylonian exile and the building of the second base of Mikdash corresponds to Yitzchak and the the immense the hopefully very soon emancipation from this Galut and the building of the third base of Mikdash relates relates to uh, to Yaakov and uh, you know. Uh, the Gemara says that the three tefillot, the three prayers we say in the day Shachos Min also relate to the to the Avot to Avram Yitzchak Yaakov. And the Gemara says that Mayrev is Rishut. The Gemara in the fourth parak of Rochot says that Mayrev is optional, which of course the commentators say doesn't mean you have a choice. It means that sometimes there are situations where you could do something else before davening davening Mayrev, but but. Uh, it also means that you know it's the 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 exile in Egypt. So Hashem foretold what when the exemption was when the redemption is going to be four hundred years. The galut in in Babylonian Babel also was foretold to be seventy years. This is the galut without any ending or without a known ending. And uh, when is it going to end? Well, that's that's optional. That's up to us. That's Yaakov, and and, and we get there. By following his sterling example of of living a life of of emes, living a life of truth, where our desires and what, and what we want is 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 Torah, is is teferis, is is tefillah, is the things that that a Jew should be working on, and, and to distance ourselves because aramya uh, 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 to be to be a lover is, is is what takes a person to utter to utter a, a, a destruction and and a complete selfish. You know, wallowing in one's own in one's own wants, and 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 that is is Hashem what what stops the gula from from uh, from from coming. And that's just something we must take we must take with us. We're dealing with the uh, the concept of a non-Jew doing malacha for for you. Last week we spoke about uh, employees and and the possibility of a maris ayin of 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 uh, doing something that. You know, if the guy's going to do it, but it it uh, has the appearance of that you'll be doing it for a Jew, and that we said was forbidden. Today, I want to talk about sort of a, a more more contractors, and uh, you know, we discussed the fact that you're not allowed to hire workers, uh, non-Jewish workers, that they should work for you on on Shabbos. So, but that that uh, that's. Uh, you know, precept that they're not allowed to uh, work for you is only when they are hired workers, sort of hired for the day and paid for their work on that particular day. But if they are working as contractors where they're paid for a particular job, not, not let's say, per day, uh, then it becomes much, much easier. In other words, the the whole concept of a of a contractor uh, agreement is 
that's where a a worker undertakes and, and commits himself to performing a particular job, a particular project, building, whatever it might be, within a particular time and a a general amount of money for the whole job is is uh, is agreed upon. And there's no difference as far as the the hire is concerned when when they work right he works uh, and uh you know if he if he uh wants to do it all you know early or late as long as the contract is honored and the project is finished by the agreed upon date so then he is uh he is uh he is happy and then of course uh, uh, he will then pay the 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 contractor for his uh for his work. So therefore, because the non-Jew then has the choice, uh, you know, he could, if he wants, uh, take every weekend off and only work, you know, Monday to Thursday, Monday to Friday, and he doesn't have to work on Shabbos. There was no stipulation that he has to work on Shabbos. So then if he decides to work on uh, on uh, on Shabbos, even though, yes, of course the Jew will get some benefit from it because he's one step closer to finishing the uh, the 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 project, and of course we'd like it to be finished as early as possible. There's no prohibition in doing that. Why? Because the decision uh, that the non-Jewish contractor uh, has made to work on on Shabbat is his own decision. He's doing it because it suits him, and it made no uh, it, there was no stipulation that he had to work on. Uh, on, uh, on on Shabbos, because he also obviously then wants to finish the job as quickly as possible. Maybe he has some other job waiting, so it suits the 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 contractor himself to work on Shabbos. Say, for example, a uh, if a Jew contracted with with a non-Jew, let's say a tailor, to make him you know a a a, a handmade uh, a handmade suit or to make a you know, a pair of shoes or something, and and there's an agreed upon uh, a price that uh, that he's going to that he's going to uh, to pay for that uh, for that uh, for that service. So, if the non-Jew decides to work on Shabbos, there's no prohibition, right? But obviously, you cannot the Jew cannot request or demand from the non-Jew, let's say on coming there Friday afternoon. And say to him, look, I, I urgently, I'm going overseas, whatever, I need a, a garment right away, or I need a pair of shoes right away, and it has to be ready Saturday night. Where then, then you are, without even, not necessarily telling him, you're basically forcing him, his hands, and, and forcing him to, to work on, uh, on, uh, on Shabbos. And basically it says, if you're telling him to work for, for the Jew on, uh, on Shabbos. Uh, right. Let's say uh, your car needs needs some uh, needs some repairs, so you can bring it to the to the garage, uh, even on Friday, even though you know that this uh, this person uh, generally has the business open on 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 Shabbos and might actually work on your car on uh, on on Shabbos. But again. Since your contract is for him to do a job, and you haven't told him exactly when you uh, when you uh, when you need it, 
and you haven't forced his hand by saying, you, let's say you need it right after Shabbos, since he's working as a contract, he's working to get paid for, for a job, uh, you know, and, and you've agreed upon a, a price for that. And, and as I said, the Jew never asked him to work, to do the job on Shabbos. So then it's not considered as if he's working for the Jews, as if he's working for, for him, uh, himself. And that's not a problem. And even if he phones you on Moitzah Shabbos and says, your, your, sir, your car is ready. I've, uh, I fixed everything up. It's a hundred percent. The, the Yid can go and, and fetch the car and pay him and, and use it right, right away. But again, but you can't uh, make an agreement with the, you know, the owner of the garage that he must finish the job until a certain date, which would then obligate him to work on, on, on Shabbos that you can't, that you can't do. Because then, then we say that the non-Jew is now working for the Jew on, uh, on, uh, on Shabbos. All right. And, oh. Another stipulation is when we say that you're allowed to give something to a non-Jew to work as as a as a contractor, and again, so there is another condition attached, and that is that it's not sort of easily recognizable that the work that's being done is for 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 the uh, for the it, but if it's patently obvious it's a public thing that he's doing whatever it is it's patently obvious that he's actually working for the jew let's say he's doing the job in the jew's house you know and every day his uh, van is packed parked outside and and there's noise and and it's quite evident that work is being done in the jew's house for the jew so then you're not allowed to allow that that non-jew to work on on Shabbos, then it's a problem of uh, of uh, of Marasai, and then people are going to think, "Oh, you hired him to work to work on uh, on on Shabbos," and therefore the the uh, Chazal have, have have instructed that if you're going to uh, take a non-Jewish, let's say, contractor or build or builder, let's say to uh, to construct you a house, so you're not allowed to uh, let him. There must be in the agreement that he will not work on uh, on on Shabbos because uh, since people know this is a a Jewish house, people will suspect that uh, uh, you know he's actually hired a a non-Jew to work for him on Shabbos, and of course, for a Jew to work for you on Shabbos is is uh, is uh, is forbidden. However, uh, since nowadays that is the done. Practice you get a builder and and you agree on on a on a price uh, beforehand, so it might be possible to be more lenient in this uh, situation because uh, people will understand that the 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 non Jewish workers who are who are busy on on site on on Shabbos are obviously employed by the contractor and not directly. By the uh, by the Jew, and therefore the the prospect of 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 Maris Ayin is much uh, is much less. But the, the reality is, practically speaking, we are we are machmir. Uh, we don't if if let's say a Jew's house is being built, we don't allow the workers to uh, to work on uh, on on Shabbos, right? Because people even so, 
You know, people have this funny way of uh, always getting the wrong side of the coin, and people will still suspect and and uh, and worry that the the homeowner is actually building his house maybe through wa- uh, workers that he hires, and uh, that, that's certainly the shita of the of the of the run that uh, you can't allow them to work on uh, on on Shabbos. Furthermore, one also needs to worry a, a little bit that. Uh, Maybe, uh, you know, if uh, if you're going to if you're going to have these uh, workers working for you on uh, on on Shabbat, then uh, they may think, oh, that it's uh, that it's okay to to uh, to to do it, and uh, also that uh, you know the the Jew himself might come then to supervise the building, and he might come actually to give instructions or himself to break. Uh, to break uh, to break Shabbos, uh, but obviously in a desperate situation, it needs a question. Then maybe there is room. Let's uh, say so this house needs to be built desperately uh, quickly, and if they don't work on on Shabbos, the whole contract might uh, might come to pieces. So then you would have to ask a rub, and it's possible maybe to be to be lenient. And once again, looking at the clock, our time has run away with us, and. Uh, and we're going to have to uh, call it a, a week and just enough time before the news and the rest of our lovely programming uh, leaning into Shabbos just to thank each and every one of you for joining us today, for being part of our radio family. And please, let's see your comments. Let's see your uh, uh, feedback and input. It's always valuable to know whether we are you know, communicating or or not. And just as we go into Pasha's Pariyetzai, to wish you all a beautiful Shabbos, Shabbos of Shalom, of, of peace, of internal and external peace. May we hear only only good news from uh, from Eretz Hakodesh and Eretz Yisrael, and that things should remain remain calm there, and that each now and you should have a beautiful Shabbos together with your families, together with your loved ones in your shuls, learning and growing and and being inspired and being empowered for for the week to come. Thank you for all you. Thank you to my controller and to each and every one of you. A good Shabbos.